Looking like an angel with no halo When I'm with her, tell me where the pain go Think I might be falling out of control What the fuck do I know? Okay, what is up everybody? We're back. Back with another solo episode by request. I posted a uh, a poll and it was unanimous. 100% of y'all voted and wanted me to do more solo episodes. So I'm back doing another solo episode. Um, a little tired and probably a little underprepared because I think I'm starting to realize that whenever it's solo and I don't have a guest, I kind of have to prepare what to talk about. And I didn't do that, but we're going to fucking wing it because that's what I do most of the time anyway. Just to just to touch on the main topic of the last episode for just a minute, because I did tell Manessa that I was going to stop talking about it. Um, but just to touch on it real quick, because I know some of y'all are probably curious as to what's happened since then. And nothing has happened since then. Nobody, neither one of them have reached out to me and, you know, apologize or try to talk about it or anything like that so i'm just gonna leave it where it stands it is what it is but you know that's no big deal but i do have to before we get into this um i do have to give a quick shout out to my guy uh my guy tyler at um the texas snowstorm the uh snow cone stand in orange he uh <laughs> what day was that i think that was sunday no, 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 I'm sorry, Saturday, I, uh, we went over there, we were about to go to the park, you know, we went there to get some snow cones, and I walked up to get them, and he, uh, he, he said, don't worry about it, man, they're on us, just, uh, just give us a shout out on the next podcast, so, this is it, man, I appreciate you, and, uh, hey, it's summertime, so if y'all want snow cones, or it's hot, you know, it's, you need something to cool you down, Texas snowstorm is the spot, man, this is, you know what, this is, this is what fame is like, you know, you start a podcast and then 20 weeks later you get three free snow cones and that's that's pretty much how it goes. So I'm big time now. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Tyler and Texas Snowstorm, man. But what's been going on since the last podcast? Um, not a whole lot, you know, but I did mention on the last episode that I was going to talk a little bit. If, if y'all wanted me to do more solo episodes, I was going to talk a little bit more about some of the... Um, some of the shit that I've seen and experienced while working in a, a psych, uh, you know, basically a psych ward, you know, I've been there for, I've been there for over six years now. And, um, you know, some of these things that you see in scary movies where somebody is, uh, possessed and, or, um, you know, they show you know, what the psych wards that they show in the movies, um, that's not my experience where it's, you know, padded walls and everybody's in, you know, white jumpsuits and, and, uh, just walking around like zombies. That's not really the, it's not really what you see, but, um, I have seen some, some crazy shit in that time that, uh, I know I had a few people reach out and said that they wanted to, that they were curious about what I was talking about. So, I figured I would share um, a couple things. I have to be careful when I talk about this stuff because, uh, you know, with HIPAA laws and stuff in place, I can't, I have to be careful to not give out any information that could be leading, that is like lead to identifying who I'm talking about. So we're going to use a lot of fake names. Um, So it's tough now at this point in me doing this because, 
you know, once you've been doing it for six years, you know, the the crazy seems normal, if that makes sense. <clears throat> it's um when I, I remember when I first started I so my first day and I'll let me explain how I even ended up working where I work now. So I was originally working at um Fuzzy's taco shop. I was, you know, bartending, making, you know, waiting ta- or not even really waiting tables at Fuzzy's. They kinda you kinda do it yourself there, but you know, I was basically cleaning tables and bartending at Fuzzy's and um while I was there, I was dating my son's mother at the time, and she that's whenever she found out she was pregnant with him. And I really didn't freak out. I was kind of just like, oh shit, okay, well, you know, no big deal. We'll take care of it. We'll figure out, we'll figure this out. You know, we're, we were, shit, 19 years old at the time, maybe. And uh, so th- whenever she found out she was pregnant, I. W- I think I just, I think I'd been working at Fuzzy's for like two weeks, maybe. And then um, she told me she was pregnant and my next paycheck was going to be like my first full one. And so I was like, you know, being 19 and fucking stupid, you're like, oh, I can just work at Fuzzy's and take care of a kid. That's no problem. And so I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait for this full paycheck to come in. I'll see where we're at. And I remember my first full paycheck at Fuzzy's was like $184. And... You know, of course, I had tips and stuff. So, but total, I mean, you're talking. I probably made three hundred something dollars, and uh, immediately I was like, "This is not. This is not going to work. It's not good enough." And um, I heard about some. I just heard about a hospital job, basically that I qualified for. I didn't know anything about it. I really didn't even read it. I just knew I had to do something to take care of take care of a kiddo on the way and so i uh i just applied and said fuck it i'm gonna make it work and figure it out and then it was uh it was for the same place i work now that at um at this uh psych facility so and even whenever i started this you know this just shows how dumb i was at you know 19 years old i i even once i started and i went through all the paperwork and the process the interview everything and not once did it trigger to me like hey dude this is like it's like a crazy house, man. This is this is some crazy shit you're about to do, and uh, it never triggered. It never. I never picked up on any of it. So when I first started, I'm trying not to give away too much information. But um, when I first started, I'll just say my first day was on what we call our adult unit, which is adult age patients from 18 to I think 54 at the time, and we have two adult units. Pretty much, there's an an adult and an acute. Acute is like the worst of the worst, like the the worst off cases you'll see. But adult is, you know, still in that adult age range. But they're, you know, usually there for the majority of them are there for depression or some sort of drug problem that they're trying to get past. Um, so my first day, I was on the adult unit, and everybody's trying to show me around. And the way the f- units were set up at the time, there was a uh, the second floor was for all the adult patients. And so if you're on the adult unit, you could cross, you could go through this little nurse's station across the hall to the other side. And that was acute. And so, you know, I'm new. So everybody's trying to show me around. And, uh, a buddy of mine that still works there today, he, he said, well, come check out the acute unit. Still at this point, I'm this, how dumb I am. This is literally my first day. And I still, at this point do not realize like 
dude, this is a psych facility. I had no clue what I was doing. My badge even said psych te- psych tech, and I couldn't figure it out. I don't know what I was. I don't know what I was doing. And um, I went over to the went over to the acute unit, and we walked through, and he was just showing me kind of how that unit works and every everything. And then he's like, "Well, nothing's going on." He's like, "I'll I'll get you later. Something's going on." You know, I'm still okay, whatever. And it was no less than 10, it was probably five, 10 minutes later after somewhere in there. And then they called me back over there because a patient had uh, kicked a hole in the wall. And that was literally my first wake up. I was like, okay, this is not normal. This is not just a, some hospital job. What the fuck is going on here? And then that just kind of made me realize I was like, oh shit, I'm, this is not like, this is not some hospital job like I thought it was. This is a, like, this is not normal. And uh, that was like my first experience into it. And that's the thing is like now, like I said, all the all the crazy, st- all the stuff that to y'all would be crazy is to us, you know, the people who've been there a while, we're, it's it's normal. You know, we're just, we see it so many times. We It doesn't really, you know, register as being something odd. And, um, like when I first, like I said, I first, when I first started, somebody kicking a hole in the wall was like, not traumatizing, but it was like so shocking to me that somebody would do that at a, at a hospital. And, uh, but, and then, you know, once you start figuring out exactly what you're doing there, you're like, oh, this is, there's going to be a lot of this, a lot of this shit. And that's, that's mild. Somebody kicking the hole in the wall is very mild. And, um, so the, you know, so now whenever I try to tell people stories about like stuff that I've seen and done, done there, it's like, you know, it doesn't really register because nowadays it's hard to point out what was, what's, what's weird. When I first started, it was every day there was something, you know, we, like I said, when you, you see these movies and you, it almost took like, it's, it's like the equivalent to like, you know, when y'all, if you, any of you watch scary movies and you watch somebody talking to somebody who's not there or um or you know doing like any of those movies where people are possessed or doing that weird shit you know talking to a spirit inside of them or whatever the hell it is it's uh that's like crazy and almost doesn't seem real to people who watch it in a movie but that shit's real that shit's real that happens and it's uh that's why like nowadays I'm so like I think mental health is so important is because I've seen it for you know six years now, and I've seen the the best side of it, where somebody you know is ready to you know or not ready, but somebody has tried to to take their own life, and then you know three weeks later they're they're kind of realizing the what you know what they almost did, and they're you know thankful that they're in the position that they're in, and we never see them again. And then I've seen the worst case where. You know, even we can't do anything with them when they have to go to some state hospital. And uh, yeah, it's it's weird shit. But let me uh, let me get into some of the stuff that I've seen just so you can get kind of an example of of what goes on in the world. This I I tell you what though, this um, man, this work in there has is given um, it gives you perspective on the people that are out roaming the streets you know, walking around you and your loved ones and, um, it'll scare the fuck out of you because some of these people don't realize even what they're doing or who they're talking to. 
and you know we'll have, I'll and this is this is what I mean by this is normal but probably crazy to some of y'all is I'll have a patient I'll have patients you know talk to me and they'll walk right up to me and they'll start calling me, call me a fat motherfucker and uh, saying they're gonna kill me and cut my throat and all this stuff and then I'll go up and see them you know 24 hours later and they're like hey man how's it going and I'm just like good how are you and they and they have no recollection of even talking to me in the first place and um yeah obviously like that's not normal but in you know in my world at least that's pretty regular that's pretty you pretty much deal with that almost every day and um but let me think here so what let me um I'll save the I'll save the weird the scariest shit that I've ever seen for the last one um and I'll just get into some of the funnier stuff so I had a patient for a while that he would always come in and um you know just whether it was drugs or whatever it may be he would always come in and um just out of his mind and end up trying to get violent fight with us and stuff like that and you know he he really was harmless he just I don't know if he had a little man he had a little man syndrome or what was going on but he just wanted to put up a fight with everybody during his during the countless times that I had seen him we, we kind of built up he never called me my right he never called me the correct name he always called me Austin for some reason but uh I was cool with it you know psych patient you don't argue with them just you're like yeah sure buddy my name's Austin um but during then I kind of he kind of got to trusting me over his countless stays and and it was kind of was always cool with me whenever he saw me and so one day he came in and he was he was telling me he was saying he's like man don't don't tell everybody but uh i'm starting an army to fight isis and i was like man that's awesome you know like and that's that's another thing so like uh, some of my responses that i'm going to tell you all is like you're like you're gonna be like what the fuck is wrong with you dude you're crazy and it's like well maybe you kind of have to be a little bit crazy to work there but also you can't like talking to these patients, it's everything is real in their world. If they're hallucinating and they're hearing voices and shit, they hear that, and or they hear that or see whatever is there. And so it's you, you can't tell them it's not real. And so for him saying he's starting an army to fight ISIS, that's very real to him. He in his mind he's he's doing this, and um, so he was telling me how he was starting an army to fight ISIS, and um, he and he said he wanted me to be one of his generals. I said, okay, man, no doubt. I said, let's, you know, let's set that up when you get out of here. And uh, he's like, all right, man, but don't, you know, don't tell anybody. And he's like, I'm just going to let you know, we're, uh, we're riding quarter horses. He said, we're going to ride quarter horses into battle. And I was like, uh, are you sure that's the best idea? And he said, oh yeah, yeah, I've thought it out. I've thought it out. That's nobody's going to expect us on horses. And I was just like, all right, man, that's, you know, that's your plan. In my mind, I'm like, well, no shit. What? This is fucking 1500s. Of course, nobody's going to expect us on horses. That's, you know, that's just a small example of the shit that I've seen. You know, I've had patients who, um, you know, you, you watch them. And this is this part of why I've, I love what I've, you know, working there is you learn how to learn how to like watch, be able to look at somebody and tell how they're feeling, what they're, you know, maybe uh, what they're thinking a little bit or kind of tell like when they're experiencing something that they're that they don't even know how to handle i had a patient that one time who 
she was in our um she was in our admit our admitting intake area and she just you know was fine no problem just sitting on sitting on our little benches and she got up and walked up to the walked up to our wall and sat there staring at it and my coworker at the time uh my my work mom Cree if any I doubt any of y'all know Cree but I have a second mom named Cree my black mama who's taught me a lot this patient she just looked at the she was just looking at the wall and Cree like bumped me and she's like hey she said I think I think so and so is about to trip out and I remember I just peeked out from behind my computer and was looking at her and she turned her head and looked at us and turned and looked right back at the wall and just started smashing her head against the wall and like I mean hard try, like trying to hurt herself and so of course we run in there and grab her and you know keep her safe or whatever and we're talking to her trying to figure out what's going on and she keeps saying spiders 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 she's seeing spiders there's spiders everywhere and um that was early, that was early on in me in me working there and um that's one of those moments where you're it's like until you experience it you don't you don't realize that it's a real thing for people and me seeing that was just kind of like okay so she's she's seeing spiders and either she's so convinced and terrified that they're here that she's you know gonna kill herself to get away from it or she is so or maybe she was aware that she was hallucinating and she wanted it to stop you know you know you never know but but yeah and so it's stuff like that where like we can't even or at least me like i go i try to go above and beyond like i won't even send i won't even send patients to the unit wearing clothes that have uh spiders or snakes or anything like that because it caused people to hallucinate and um yeah like i said it's just weird stuff that you know you i've seen over the time that's just not normal and i don't want to stay on this too long so i'll go ahead and give you all the give you all the, the probably the scariest thing that i've ever, ever experienced um and i and this is probably in my life this is the scare like the scariest thing i've ever seen and it's scary because um it is real like you see it and you see it in your and once you piece it together, you're kind of like, what the hell is going on here? And um, so basically what happened was um, we had a female patient who was, she was there and she was kind of hallucinating as it is. And every now and then she would kind of snap and try to attack somebody. And then we had another guy who firmly believed and you couldn't tell him otherwise. You firmly believe that he was Jesus, and um, you know he he would always stand up on chairs to talk to everybody. He had to talk down to everybody, and he was um, you know, and he he didn't like when that was challenged or questioned. And so him and that him and this female patient get in an argument during their lunch time or whatever, and. Um, I forgot. I think she threw food at him or something. I, I work nights, so I, I wasn't there for their lunch. But I believe it was something along the lines of, like, she threw some food at him or something. And then that, that was, like, their first interaction. And then whenever I came on, she threw a drink at him. And uh, so we separated him. We, we sent her to her room and kept him in the, the what we call a day room, which is basically just, like, a big, um, 
like a big hangout room with you know TV and tables and chairs, and they play games and all that stuff. And um, so he, so when she threw that drink at him, he he starts screaming at her. He actually started coming towards her, so we had to hold him back. But he's screaming at her, and he was like saying, hey, he's like, I'll, you know, I'll get you, bitch. I'll, go ahead, just okay, just wait, just wait, wait till you go to sleep, wait till you go to sleep tonight, and watch, watch what's gonna happen. And so then we're, you know, in, in our minds, we're like, oh shit, we have to make sure he's not gonna, you know, go in a room or anything like that. And, um, you know, fast forward, you know, f- you know, fast forward, a lot of other stuff has happened since then, so we don't think too much about it. But, um, you know, fast forward bedtime, she goes to her room, and this guy, this is another thing. So this guy never slept. You know, we keep, we chart on our patients every, every 15 minutes, we write down and see what they were, and say what they were doing. This guy, I think he was awake for what is three days, seventy-two hours. At this point, he was probably awake for seventy-two hours. Like this guy, for whatever, and he said he's like God. He, you know, his excuse, he said God never sleeps, so he he didn't sleep. So that you know, hey, respect, dude. You know, at least he's playing the part. But he. Um, Anyway, so he never slept, so we just let him stay in the day room and just wander around, read books, watch TV, whatever he wanted to do. And um, I remember she had went to bed, and it was, you know, randomly. You know, you watch them every 15 minutes, but really you're just trying to make sure they're not doing anything to hurt themselves or anyone else or, you know, make sure that they're, you know, they're breathing normal, stuff like that. And this guy, he was like, he was in the day room. And he pulled up randomly, I don't know what time this was, but randomly he pulled up a chair like facing a wall. And then he he sat in the chair with his head touching the wall, almost like he was praying. It was almost like he was praying. And he did that for probably, I know we did a round on him, so he probably did that for close to 20 minutes. And whenever, and you know, he's not doing anything to hurt anybody. And we, we thought, you know, maybe he's just praying since he talks about Jesus all the time. So we're just going to leave him alone. And then he gets up and me and my uh, partner that working that night, he, we, uh, he gets up and he like is pacing in the day room, staring at us. And he's nodding his head. Like, like, there you go. Like, yeah, check that out. Watch this. And, you know, like I said, it, when you work around crazy stuff like that is is so normal you're just like okay you know whatever he gets up and he's looking at us like watch this check that shit out and we're like all right man cool and it was no less than i don't know let's say i mean it was probably a few minutes it was probably maybe one or two minutes and um that female patient he had had those interactions with earlier she was started screaming in her room screaming freaking out and so we run down there to, to check on her, and she's like already coming out of her room. And so we, we, you know, are trying to talk to her and see what's going on. And she's like not making any sense. And she's just like, you could tell she's like terrified and she's freaking out. And so he, so the male patient comes walking down the hall and the first time he walks past, you know, we're focused on her. So we don't really f- see him coming up behind us. Well, he like walks past us and, and her and she sees him and he like the, the female patient like turns and like, like cowers away, like gets up against the wall and is like turned away, like terrified of him. And we're trying to get some answers out of her. And then he's, you know, he walks by and just kind of looks at her. And whenever he walked by, he's like looking at her, like nodding his head, like, yeah, they're like, gotcha. And then, um, so he walks down the hall and he turns back to where he has to walk past us again. 
Well, this time when he walked past us, she turned and tried to attack him. And so we grab her and, you know, kind of control her. And he, I push, I grab him and kind of push him back towards the day room. And he says, uh, he turns around and he said, he said, I told you, bitch, that's what you get. I told you, bitch. And then he goes to the day room and sits down. I, you know, we shut him in there. And then while we're talking to her, she's saying, she was saying, uh, we're trying to understand like what's going on. Why are you, you know, why are you trying to attack him? Why are you screaming? What's going on? And she's, she finally calms down enough to where she's like, she can kind of talk, but you could tell she's still like flustered. And she says, uh, she's like, it's him. It, it was him. It, it's him. It's him. It was him. It was him. And we're like, who? What, you know, what are you talking about? And she said his name, but she was talking about the patient in the day room. She said that he was talking to her in her dreams, telling her to kill herself. And, um, you know, we in the moment, we didn't really think about it. We're just like, like, okay, well, you know, it's it's just a dream. You're okay. Look, you know, you're awake now. You're fine. You're okay. Do you know, do you want to hurt yourself or have any of those feelings? So she calms down. And we kind of put her in a, a separate room because we want to. The nurse wants to go back and talk to her, and so we, she's in there safe. We go tell him, "Look, man, you got to go to your room." And so once we talk to her, she at this point she's calmed down to where she can talk, and she was just explaining to us that she was asleep, and then in her dreams, he that patient was talking to her, and yeah, like I said, he was just in her dreams talking to her, telling her. Um, that she's going to die and that she needs to kill herself and all these other things. And, um, you know, we were, that kind of freaked us out. Cause we were like, man, that was a little weird that he, he told her, like he said, wait till you go to sleep. I'm going to get you. And then as soon and you know, she went to sleep and then however long later he, you know, does that weird shit where he's see it's like I said, in the moment it's not weird, but then when you think back on it, it's so weird how he, he grabbed that chair and he's facing this wall and like I said, it looked like he's praying. It just looked like he was praying and talking to himself and he pops up, walks around like, oh yeah, I got it. Check that out. And, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes later, she's screaming, freaking out, saying that he he was telling her to kill himself. And, um... Yeah, that was once we sat down, we really pieced it together and we really started thinking like, okay, well, remember earlier in the day, she threw something at him. And then when we got here, she threw something at him again. He made the threat. He did the chair. He got up looking cocky and then all this. And then he walked by her while we were talking to her saying, I got you, bitch. I told you I was going to get you. Like it's it's one of those things like you don't I don't even know how to explain I mean, I can tell the I got like I can tell the story as to what happened, but I can't explain how that happened or if it was real because to her it was real, to him it was real, and even though they're psych patients and they're crazy, it's like well maybe you know or we we say they're crazy at least. It's like are are they crazy or are they experiencing something that we are unable to you know, get to that place mentally that we can experience that as well. And, um, yeah, that one had me shook whenever I saw that, that I was, I was a little fucked up after that one. That one scared the shit out of me just trying to figure out how that could have happened. And that's kind of what, um, 
that's that's probably the scare like that's not the craziest shit that I've seen, but that's by far the the scariest as far as like just because I, I I don't have an answer to it. You know, I've I've been I've been attacked more times than I can fucking remember, and I've been um you know I've seen people have conversations with people who aren't there. Uh, a real sad one that I'll get into real quick is I just I, I had a a a uh, he's a former marine he's a veteran he you know actually was in combat and stuff and uh he wouldn't walk across a room he or he couldn't he physically could not walk across a room without he was he would tap his foot out in front of him and kind of sweep his foot from left to right and uh what we ended up finding out was that he was checking for landmines as he was walking across the room and so um you know, we see, you know, like I said, I've been attacked. I've seen people talk to themselves, talk to somebody who isn't there. Uh, I've seen people pick up stuff off the ground that's not there. And then, I, you know, I've told, told them, give, you know, give me that. You don't need it. And they'll put, you know, whatever they think they have, they'll put it in my hand. And I'll go throw it away. You know, I've seen and, you know, experienced some weird shit. But that one, that uh, experience that with that lady and that, that man was, uh, that's one that will forever stick with me because there's no... There's no answer to it. There's no answer as to how that happened or if it was really happening. But to to both of them, it really happened. So, um, yeah, there's just some weird shit that's out there that you know you don't really you don't really know about. And um, like I said, it doesn't seem real until you um, until you see until you see it. Which actually goes into something else I was wanting to talk about. I'll get off the I'll get off the psych ward stuff. But if y'all if y'all do want to hear more stuff i've like i said i've countless stories but it's hard right now it's hard for me to think of like some really crazy shit because like i said at this point it's it's all normal it's all normal it's all part of the job but like i said like what i wanted to get into is see like the other day i realized i've never fucking seen something like i saw something for the first time in my life and it's one of those things like you don't like once you see it i don't know if y'all have ever done this before but i don't know if if y'all have ever had a an experience where you see something and you're like, that's the craziest shit I've ever seen. That's the first time I've ever fucking seen that. What the fuck? So what I'm talking about is I went to, uh, you know, I had a day off where I had nothing to do. And so I was, you know, trying to find something. Vanessa went to, uh, go eat with one of her friends and I had nothing. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna, I guess I'm just gonna go take my dog to the park and walk around. And, um, while I was there, you know, just walking the track, I, I, there was, and this is obviously an older white lady, but there's this lady just walking her cat on a leash. I've never fucking seen that shit before. It's the wildest shit I've ever seen. Like, who the fuck walks? Do, do cats do walks? Like, I had so many questions after I'd seen this shit. Like, I don't even know how, like, I thought cats just hated people in general. They just need a place to live, basically. And this lady just full on just had her cat outside just taking it on a walk. And the cat was like chilling. The cat just like was walking. And I was like, that's the wildest shit I've ever seen before. That somebody actually walks their cat. That's fucking wild. And then, and then, which some of y'all probably saw this on my Instagram story. I was uh, sitting at the park and I was getting ready to leave. I was letting Hero, Hero's my dog. I was letting him get um, some water. I'm sitting there and I start smelling. I'm like... It's probably somebody smoking weed. You know, it smells like weed out here. And I'm looking around, 
and this lady at the table next to us, which, you know, she's by herself. She's probably, I don't know, six to five to six hundred pounds. She's sitting there, you know, by herself. There's no kids. There's nothing, no one around her. She's just sitting there and it looks like she's working. I mean, it looks like she's like bit like doing something. And so I get up to like walk past her to go sit at this, to go sit like I was being nosy. I'm not gonna lie. I was being nosy, and I was wondering if she like had weed or whatever. And so I was like getting up to like walk by to this other bench. And when I started walking by her, she like leaned up, like you know, like when you like you whenever you used to get caught texting in class, or if you're older, um, if you're older, I don't know what's the what the equivalent would be. You didn't have a cell phone, but like you know, like for the younger people, like if whenever you like have your phone or something on your desk in class, and you like kind of cover it with your arm. Like as when you realize the teacher's too close for you to have time to put it in your pocket, that so like I started walking by and that's what she did. She like leaned over and covered whatever she had with her arm, and so I just like kept walking by and like I, I made a point to not look at her, and then like out of the corner of my eye I could see her move, and so what I did was I turned my head real fast and looked at her, and I'm not joking. She this is the most weed I've ever seen in my life. She no joke probably had at least she had at least 10 blunts and was rolling more she had a little st- you like you know like when somebody when you make a stack of something you go like uh four three two one like you like a row of four and then you do three like in the in the little lines in between them you go four three two one whatever that's what she had she had that of like completed blunts and she was rolling more and i was just sitting there thinking like for one you're very bold to be at a park just rolling weed in front of everybody. And also, there's kids right there. Like, what the hell is going on? But, sh- hey, respect her hustle, man. She's out there working. I, I, there's no way that was for herself. There's, I mean, she's a big girl, so if it was, like, food, that'd be one thing. I'd say it was probably for her. But that many blunts, like, she's, like, she's got her own business going. And she's trying to uh, build her supply up. Oh, I just, okay, so I did make a couple notes about, because I saw I was going to, or I saw that y'all want me to do another solo episode, and I did make a couple notes in my phone of something I want to talk about, so I have to go back to work-related shit, because I, you know, I just had some shit happen at work that I was like, this, like, this doesn't happen to everybody. I know it doesn't happen, so I have to make a note of it so I can remember it. So when a patient comes into us, you know, when we do their admission process, part of what we do is called a body visual or a contraband search. And basically what you're doing is you uh, you get them to strip down. It's not like a police cavity search. Like we're not sticking fingers and asses or nothing like that. It's just like you get them to strip down. You check for uh, any bad cuts, bruises, sores. Make sure they don't have anything we need to worry about. And then while they strip, that's like, a, you know, the way of making sure that they don't have any weapons on them. Which I've came in, I've came across many times. I've had somebody pull pepper spray and a knife on me uh, multiple times. But um, so the other day I was doing a body visual on this guy. And I was having him stripped down, and uh, <laughs> he, you know, you, you give them to take, you know, take all their clothes off, or whatever, and they can put the, if if their clothes are, you know, meet criteria for them to wear it while they're there, then they can do that. But his clothes didn't meet criteria, so he had to put on hospital gowns. And um, 
I don't remember if he was. I don't remember what he was there for, but I know he wasn't. He wasn't moving very well. Like his, he was kind of stiff, and he was a little bit tired. And uh, I mean, you also got to think these. By the time the people get to get to me, they've been sitting in the ER, you know, in the emergency room probably six plus hours every time. So they're exhausted. They're ready to get upstairs. Well, this guy, like he was, you know, he was tired. He was a little stiff. His shoulders weren't. You know, he didn't have real good mobility, and so. You know, it's pretty common. Like, you put a gown on them and you just say, okay, do, you know, do you want me to tie it up for you? And they'll say, you know, most of the time they're like, yeah, please. And then they'll just turn around and you tie it up for them. And uh, this is another one I'll probably never forget in my entire fucking life. And this guy, he was super nice, but he, I, you know, I asked him, I said, do you want me to tie, tie your gown up for you? And he was like, yeah, man, if you don't mind, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't get back there to do it. I said, I got you. And so he like spun around and like if you, and you go, okay, so you have to picture hospital gowns, right? There's t- two strings at the top and then two strings kind of around the mid, like around your hips almost to like, and you tie it together and it keeps it closed. So I tie the top one and then I go, I go to like grab the two strings at uh, the two strings on like the bottom half and one of the strings is fuck this is so this is so uncomfortable one of the strings is stuck in his ass like in his ass crack i, I don't know why how it got there but i guess when the you know when you fling the gown around him it just it just you know found its way in there so one of the strings is stuck in there and right above that string this guy has a swastika tramp stamp now i don't know how to process this i when I see this, I just sit there and look and I'm like, okay, what the fuck in two places? How the fuck did that string get there? And what kind of gay racist shit am I looking at right now where you have a swastika tramp stamp? I, I just left it. I just left it. I was like, dude, you're going to have to, I'll give you another gown to cover the back, but I'm not tying it. I just, I here, cover your back up. I'm, I'm not, I'm not tying it. Also, if you have that type of tattoo, you kind of deserve to have that string stuck there. So I just left it be, but that was one thing I was just like, okay, I, I highly doubt that anyone else in the world has experienced that. So I've got to make a note and talk about that. That's the fucking wildest shit. Also, another thing real quick that I I made a note of at work was, uh, we had a patient who had this baby doll that she says was $1,500 and, um, I believe her you know, had veins and all this shit, like real, like the hair was like individually placed in. And, um, it was weird. It was like uncomfortable to hold it. And, um, you know, this, like I said, like these, to these patients, some of this shit is just, it's real. It's, it's very real to them. And, uh, she, you know, she was like, well, can I hold my, can I hold my baby before I go upstairs? And I was telling her, I said, you know, we're going to have to lock it up. Right. Like we have to it's not going to go upstairs with you. And she like, it's like she was aware it was a doll, but she was also wanted it to be real. And so she talked about it as if it was real. And she was like, well, can I hold my baby before I go upstairs? And we're like, um, and we're like, oh yeah, no problem. Just, you know, and we checked it to make sure there's no, you know, no weapons or anything hidden or drugs hidden on it. And, um, and yeah, you'd be surprised people do that shit. So, we let her hold it and she goes, she said, I'm just, I'm just so embarrassed 
the uh, she said, I'm just so embarrassed. Baby spent the weekend at, at grandma's in Florida and she sent her back with a dirty diaper and a, a dirty onesie. And I'm, I'm going to have to cuss her grandma out. And I'm curious as to how y'all would respond to that. Somebody, you know, me, of course, I just, you know, I pre- pretend it's real or I pretend like what she's telling me is very real because it's real to her. But I'm, I'm curious as to how somebody who has not worked in psych would respond to that and just say, like, I mean, it's clearly a doll. She knows it's a doll. But yet it somehow has a dirty diaper and onesie. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to take it. And then we also we were like, well, you know, it's going to be we're we're putting it in lockup. And she said, well, are there other kids in there for it to play with? I'm like, no. No, like you're definitely the only person that's bringing a baby doll in here. Like, no, there's not other kids in there. And she's just like, okay, well, just make sure she, uh, make sure she can, make sure she can, uh, breathe. Or I forgot she said something like that. Make sure she can breathe or make sure she has room to breathe, something like that. Anyway, I'll, I'll move on from it. But there's, yeah, now I'm thinking about it, there's just weird shit that happens at work. But probably, I will say, probably the weirdest shit that I've seen. In, in quite some time was the same day that I'm talking about that I went to work. Before I went to work, I stopped to grab something to eat, and I saw DoorDash delivering to a, a homeless guy. Like, this guy that lit, or I don't know where he was he was staying, but um, he was standing outside of some business on College Street and had, like, you know, typical homeless guy. He, had, he looked like he was uh, he looked like he was hitchhiking across America. Like he had a huge backpack with all kinds of unnecessary shit and um yeah DoorDash like pulled up stopped and gave him food and then drove off I don't know how the fuck he ordered I don't know how the fuck they found him but that was by far the most gangster shit I've ever seen from a homeless person is being able to figure out how to order DoorDash when you don't have a front door uh I want to get into cause I know some people listen to this for um you know, as some of y'all know, jujitsu is um, jujitsu, and like MMA is like a, you know, a big part of my life. You know, mo- at this point, most of my family does it, and uh, so I'm gonna talk about some of that stuff. Um, if you don't like fight talk, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Fast forward ten minutes, I'll probably spend the next ten minutes on this. Um, yeah, let me. St- I, I'll do. I'll do ten minutes on this, but um, so. First of all, I want to uh, give a shout out to my family and all my teammates that competed. They competed in a tournament um, Saturday, and um, you got a proud uncle over here. My niece and nephew both got double gold in their division. Um, brother-in-law, my brother-in-law Ruben, he, I believe they said he got gold and silver or something. Um, I don't remember, but whole team though went out and, you know just dominated just beat it beat the show everybody yeah i just wanted to get on there and say how how proud i am of them and i wanted to get on this um get on this recent ufc card so last night so saturday or today's sunday so saturday yeah last night saturday night um they had ufc 262 which was um the main event was charles Oliveira and michael chandler a couple of takeaways from this from this card, for one, and and I'll probably here in the future I probably do just a sports podcast where on here I don't 
I'll limit how much um how much sports how much like sports and fight talk I do unless it's like related to the guest. But uh yeah, I'm thinking about doing that because I, I really want these to be a lot more fun and uh not so not so sporty. But anyway, um couple takeaways from this from this fight card for one if any of y'all know who Jacare Souza is this dude you know he's a legend of the sport he's been fighting for forever and um he had probably one of the nastiest arm his arm got broke and even with the even though like now the crowd's back they have crowds back and this one was in Houston. They have crowds again, so like you can hear the roar of the crowd. You hear the commentators. With all that going on, you could still hear the suit's arm break, and it was, I mean, it's awful. It was the worst. I can't even fucking imagine. It makes you scared to keep doing jujitsu a little bit. Um, and then, but he so he got his arm broke. He lost. Edson Barboza, who, if any of you follow UFC, I'm sure you've seen his. His uh, like spinning wheel kick knockout where the dude just he turns the dude into a statue. Um, he fought and he had a they had a this whole card was kind of weird, but they had so Edson Barbosa hit uh Shane Burgos with like a one two and it was like the most delayed knockout that you've ever seen. He he hit him and then Shane like recenters and like squares him up and looks at him and then for whatever body his for whatever reason, his body just starts shutting down and he falls back and hits the cage and the fight was over. And it, this whole card was weird. Um, Tony Ferguson and Benil Darius. Um, so, of course, sports betting is illegal in Texas. So, but, you know, let's just say, allegedly you can lose money if you start, if you keep betting on Tony Ferguson. And allegedly, um, a certain podcast host probably did lose money. Or actually, not probably, definitely lost money on Tony Ferguson. Because going into the fight, he, um, you know, he, everybody's saying like he's on a losing streak. He's on his way down. Well, his losing streak is to Justin Gaethje and um, Charles Oliveira, who was fighting for the lightweight title. So, I mean, nobody, he didn't lose to some slouch. You know, he didn't lose to anybody who you know, isn't, you know, worthy of beating him. He lost him. He lost to, you know, top of the heap guys. And, um, so, you know, him going into fight Benil Darius, you got it and you're like, yeah, he, you know, he definitely, if he's any bit of the same Tony Ferguson that he used to be, he, um, he should have this one. He should be pretty good and, and pull this one out. And that was not the case. He just got, you know, just got his ass beat the whole round and almost, you know, he might be the most flexible person on the planet with the way that Charles Oliveira put him in an arm bar that, you know, any normal person would have tapped to and Tony just let it happen and fought his way out of it. And then Benil Darius put him in a, a heel hook that, you know, like I said, any normal person would have tapped to and he just fought on and dealt with it and then got out of it. Um... But yeah, so like, I mean, a couple of takeaways. Like, so, you know, I was thinking, you know, the two guys he lost to, he, you know, there's no, you know, most people lose to them. So there's nothing, nothing against that. But, you know, is it, is it time for, uh, 
Tony Ferguson to call it quits. You know, I mean, he's he's not a young cat. I mean, he's he's 37, I think. And just, you know, like most fight fans know, he's 37. You, you know, time catches up to everybody. And when you stick around in... Um, when you stick around in fighting long enough, it's like, okay, well, you... You, it either ends, you know, one of two ways. If you stick around too long, you're either going to end, you know, face down or ass up, or face down, ass up, or on your back, flat on your back. And um, you know, he got out with just a decision loss, but I, you know, makes me wonder if it's it's time for him to call it, you know, because uh, the longer he sticks around, I don't think he's going to get better at this point in his, you know, 37 years old. You know, usually heavyweights can stick around longer, but at light heavyweight, it's um, you know the speed's just not there. The um, the athleticism, the way he his footwork that he used to have is just not the same. Um, yeah, it might be time for him to call that one quits. But then the main event, um, Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira. So. A lot of people who, a lot of like real fight fans know who Michael Chandler is, and a lot of people had him, had him winning. I think a lot of people bought into the hype of, um, you know, this the champion of Bellator coming over to the UFC, and um, but the real UFC fans, real fight fans, know like Charles Oliveira is so fucking talented. He's so good, and he has so many ways to win. I just. I think I, I think I told a buddy of mine that the only way that I see Chandler winning is by by knockout and but Oliveira can win in any way. And Oliveira can take it the distance, you know, Oliveira can uh I think he has the most submissions in the UFC and uh or most finishes altogether now. Like I mean, he just he's been around too long and he know he has too many ways to win. And uh, that's pretty much exactly what happened. You know, Chandler caught him early and had him in trouble. But Oliveira, he's a veteran. You know, he's been in this game for, he's been in the fight game for I can't even tell you how long. He, you know, I think he had he's had twenty eight fights now just in the UFC. So he, at this point in his career, you're not really gonna show him anything that he hasn't seen before, or put him anywhere that he hasn't been, other than. Um, other than maybe taking him to the later rounds where he hasn't been, you know, fourth, fifth round where he hasn't been that often. But, no, he stuck it out, and then uh, even though he was in trouble early, he stuck it out and then ended up catching Michael Chandler and knocking him out. Now, he's the uh, he's the new light heavyweight, or I'm sorry, lightweight champion. And, and of course, immediately Connor does what he does and calls him out. I'll be honest. I I don't think anybody beats Charles Oliveira for a while. It's gonna. I mean, aside from him getting caught and caught by something and knocked out, I don't see anybody beating him for quite a while. Like I said, he's just got so many ways to win. And uh, Connor's, you know, like a fucking idiot, is calling him out. But he's still, you know, he's got to fight Dustin Poirier, who just knocked him out in their most recent fight. It's. I just. You know, it's it's Connor being Connor. He's not. He's already looking past his. He's already looking past Dustin. So at this point, I'm, I'm putting, allegedly, I'm allegedly putting my money on uh, Dustin Poirier for this one since Connor's already looking past him. Um, 
but yeah, that's I'm I'm pretty much gonna wrap up the fight talk on that one. There's just some shit that I wanted to get to. Shout out to my team. You know, I couldn't be more proud of everybody who competed Saturday. And then um UFC card, man. Um the audio the crowds are back and it's uh I don't know how much I how much I like it. You know, I it's for I think for the big um the big high profile fights, you definitely want the crowd there. But the uh, the little undercards where you have somebody like this next this next uh, not undercards the uh, fight nights this next fight night with Rob I think his name is Rob Font and uh, Cody Garbrandt like let's do that with no crowd like let's hear it like, I, being able to hear the corners talk and hear the strikes it's it's different but I'll wrap up uh, the fight talk on that one but yeah so I'm like I said I'm probably gonna do a um, I'm probably here in the next couple months going to start a um, a sports podcast so that way I don't have to um, I don't have to keep I don't have to make this one you know I, sports is a big part of my life so I, that's what I want to talk about but um, that's also not what I want this podcast to be and so I'm thinking about starting a, a strictly sports one in the next uh, in the next couple months we'll we'll see if uh if people want that, if people want the sports podcast, I'll, I'll do that one as well. But um, anyway, let's just move on. Yeah, like I said, I, these solo podcasts actually take a little bit of preparation. But um, I mean, I'm probably about to wrap it up anyway. It's it's my son's bedtime. You know, dad life. I gotta go. I gotta go make sure I tuck him into bed and get him ready. You know, I did get a lot of feedback on uh on the last episode. And I appreciate all that. I um, like I said, I'm trying to figure out how to give y'all more content, and um, like I said, work towards being able to do this full time and try to figure out what's, you know, what's what exactly I'm still doing with it. You know, this podcasting for for anybody who's ever, if you've ever looked into doing it yourself, it's a it's a long term game. It's you know, it's not something that you could just start and then immediately you have, you know, tens of thousands of listeners and you're making all this, you know, you're making a bunch of money or anything like that. It's not like that. Like, you know, I do this cause I, I do this cause I love it and cause it's something that I would love to do for a living, but, uh, it's a long-term game and it's, it's going to get better as I go. So for those of you who have stuck around and, and do, uh, listen to every episode, I appreciate y'all. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what what's what's coming next. There's just so many options, so many irons in the fire, as they say. I've got um, a lot that I'm thinking about doing, and I just uh, maybe that's part of maybe that's one thing I'll I'll make part of this uh, these solo episodes. That's where I'll I'll get y'all's get y'all's input on um, on my ideas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let me wrap this up. I got to get the kid out of bed. Um, you know, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sticking around. Um, podcast keeps growing, keeps growing, getting bigger. Um, I think this last episode, I think the last solo, ep- yeah, this last solo episode I just did had our first, um, international listener. So the, to the one person in Australia that listened, appreciate you, mate. Or whatever the fuck I'm supposed to say. Appreciate you. Uh, don't know how you found the podcast. Don't know how you learned about it. But I appreciate you listening. And um, 
and yeah, let's just keep it going and see what uh see what uh happens with this thing. I appreciate y'all. What um I'll go ahead and ask y'all for uh suggestions. What kind of guest cuz you know, it's I'm I get so caught up in the uh in trying to figure out what to post. I I kind of it's hard for me to figure out what guests I would like to talk to. So send me suggestions of uh people or maybe like a type of person like a I think because I've been wanting to talk to a couple of detectives and just learn about uh, more about like you know like I said in the last episode I I watch all I've watched every crime documentary every episode of Forensic Files three or four times like I've 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 taken in all of it so now I want to talk to somebody who's who that's their job they that's what they do and um, but yeah if y'all have any suggestions as far as like somebody who would be interesting to hear from. Or, like I said, a profession that you'd like to hear from. Y'all let me know. Um, yeah, do me a favor. If you're listening to this on um, on Apple Podcasts, just give that a little scroll down and rate the podcast five stars. And then um, if you want to keep up with any other podcast stuff or, or give any uh, suggestions or anything like that, um, or any feedback at all, like, you know, I even respect the... Uh, the negative feedback if you something that you think I should stop doing fuck it tell me uh, now if I well I'll listen to it who knows but I'll, I'll at least appreciate the advice um yeah if you want to follow anywhere else uh Facebook Fuller's House Podcast Instagram Fuller's House Podcast uh Twitter is Fuller's House Pod um TikTok is just Fuller's House uh that might be it I think that's it and then, you know, of course, all my personal Instagrams, they're all they're all linked in there. You can find it if you want to keep up with stuff. But, um, yeah. Solo episode two is in the books. Thank you, guys. I'm out. Oh, I just let it go. Oh, I just let it go.